everyone and welcome back or welcome to Exchanging the Magic. I'm Delaney and I'm here with Julia and today we're going to be doing just some like Disney news to begin with and then we're going to go into a little bit of Disney type um, Halloween things um, and then talk about just some rides and stuff like that. All right so Julia how have you been since we were last together? I've been good. I have been in quarantine. Because uh, one of my friends has uh, the coronavirus. So I've been staying inside all week. Uh, it's not been too bad. I work from home. So I've just been working. And uh, in two days, I can leave my house again. And it's been raining and gloomy all week. So it doesn't really matter that I had to stay inside. How about yeah. you? Have you? Yeah, kind of the same. I mean, I guess I don't have a friend that tested positive. But just been trying to stay inside and stay safe because... All the stuff that's going on in America, it's kind of crazy. So, yeah, it's been also been kind of gloomy and cold, and except for yesterday, it was like 80 degrees, but today it's kind of gloomy, so we're going to do some fall activities after we get done with this. Carving some pumpkins, I heard. Yep, carving pumpkins. We're going to go pick out some pumpkins, just some uh, American Halloween traditions. I remember when we went to the pumpkin patch and picked out pumpkins. That was fun. Yes. That's not really a thing here. You can buy... Uh, pumpkins at like supermarkets or at some like um kind of like a hardware store but not oh, for, yeah. but for like for like garden stuff okay so um there's not much news to go over i did find online that some of the signs for the new ratatouille ride have gone up in disney world's epcot so the signs are including a single rider line a fast pass line and then also like standby queues so it looks like there's going to be three different lines, which is nice. I love when they do the single rider cues in yes. rides like this. Yes, so, me too. I, from experience in Disneyland Paris with the Ratatouille ride, it's such a busy ride. And with the single rider, you can easily do it with like a 10 to 15 minute wait, which is great. Yeah, and it's going to be so busy when it first opens. So um, a lot of people have been getting photos from the Skyliner because that goes right over the French Pavilion. And so hopefully that ride is up and running soon. I think everybody's getting really antsy for it. Uh, in other news, the new Pixar movie, Soul, that was going to come out this year, is going to go straight to Disney Plus uh, instead of going to the movie theaters. And it's going to be out on Christmas Day. And you don't need any premium access like with Mulan. It's just going to be for everyone that has a Disney Plus account. So that's great. That's really interesting to me that they're doing that because yesterday, a lot of the different movie theaters opened up. So I was able to go to the movies yesterday. So I'm surprised that they're putting it out, even though it's not coming out until Christmas, that they're still going to put it just online. That's interesting. Yeah, maybe because our movie theaters have been open since like June. Uh, but because it's so restricted and there's like not a lot of people allowed. And uh, I don't think they're going to make the money that they want in the movie theaters, which, I mean, they're not going to make a lot of money on the Disney Plus either because a lot of people already have those accounts. Right, but it might get so, people to yeah. sign up. Yeah, so. Yeah, it might get a, a few people to sign up, but yeah, they should have. It might have been more money if they would have uh, put it in, it in the theater. theaters. But yeah. Yeah. And the last we'll little see. bit of news that we have, um, we have that there's been a lot of photos of kind of the refurbishments that they're doing for the Kilimanjaro Safari in uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom in Florida. Um, they're adding a new like little scene to the end of the ride. 
Um, so there's like pictures of buildings and just new things that they're putting in. And I think that's interesting because they haven't really done anything to that ride in forever. It's been just a safari for so long. What kind of building though? I don't, it, there's pictures of it online. Um, it's just like a prop building. So I'm guessing they're just like putting a new scene in or something. I really couldn't tell you. So I'll post, I'll post a link to the article um, in our blog. So that way you guys can see the pictures and stuff like that. But other than that, there's not yep. much going on besides the layoffs. And that's what most of the Disney news has been circling around. So You are the passengers in a motion common elevator about to ascend into your very own episode of The Twilight Zone. Wave goodbye to the real world, for you have just entered The Twilight Zone. What happens here to dim the lights of Hollywood's brightest showplace is about to unfold once again. One stormy night, long ago, five people stepped through the door of an elevator and into a nightmare. That door is opening once again, but this time it's opening for you. The next time you check into a deserted hotel on the dark side of Hollywood, make sure you know just what kind of vacancy you're filling, where you just may find yourself a permanent resident of the Twilight Zone. For this week's Halloween topic, we're going to start off talking about the Tower of Terror. We're going to talk about the ride that is, in my opinion, the scariest ride in Disney. And in case you don't know this ride at all, it takes place in the Hollywood Tower Hotel where there's a problem with the maintenance elevator. Besides it being one of the scariest rides, in my opinion, it's one of my favorite rides as well because it is so scary. And I get goosebumps every time I step into that lobby or I'm waiting for that elevator. What, what about you, Delaney? What's your thoughts about uh the Hollywood Tower of Terror. I'm obsessed with the Hollywood Tower of Terror. I'm literally in a Tower of Terror shirt right now. It's like one of my favorite rides and it has been since I was a kid. I love thrilling rides like that, but I agree. It gives me goosebumps every single time I go because no matter how many times I like watch the scene in the beginning in the whole like elevator part and stuff like that, it like gives me goosebumps. And so I've been fortunate enough to get to go to three of the four that are around the world. Um, But if you don't know, there's four different Tower of Terror attractions in all the Disney parks. There's the original one in Hollywood Studios in Walt Disney World. There is one in Disney's California Adventure in the Disneyland Resort. Um, There is the one in Walt Disney Studios in Paris. And then there's one in Tokyo Disney Sea. So those four ones, they all have their own different versions. And so the original version of the attraction opened in Disney's Hollywood Studios. Then after that, the one in Tokyo features an original storyline not related to the Twilight Zone, and it takes place in the Hotel Hightower. And that one looks completely different than the other ones. It's one of the most aesthetically pleasing ones to look at. Like, you can look at pictures. We'll post a picture, but I think that one's the prettiest architectural one that we've seen. Um, And then the one in California opened as a version of Tower of Terror, but then it closed in January of 2017. And then they revamped it and changed it into a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. So that's the first one that's kind of been redone like that. And I haven't ridden it. I got to ride it when it was originally um, Tower of Terror. But from what I've heard, it's amazing. And it uses the same structure and ride system. Um, but they completely rebranded. And later on, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about um, kind of the structure and the exterior and kind of the ride mechanisms. So uh, which one did you like best? Did you find a lot of differences between the three that you went on? So I really, I think just because of nostalgia, I really like the one in Florida. And I also like that one because as I'll mention later, it has the whole like 
um, Twilight Zone dimension where you like take the cart through the actual ride part in the dark and none of the other ones have that. Those ones are all you stop while you're actually in the shaft and you look. So I think the one in Florida, you feel a lot more immersed like visually and stuff, but the ones in everywhere else, you don't, you don't really know when you're going to start dropping because probably because I've only been on them once. I didn't know when I was going to start dropping. And also the one in Florida, you can tell that when you're going to start dropping because you move forward and you can feel yourself kind of load into the dropping sequence. So I don't know. They all have their own like qualities, I guess. What about you? Yeah, Which one and- you like? You've been on two of them, right? Yeah, I've been on the one in uh, Walt Disney World and in Disneyland Paris. And for me, because Disneyland Paris is my home park, as I would say, uh, I recognize that exterior more as the Tower of Terror exterior. But I do really like the um, the one in Walt Disney World. I th- do think that the one in Disneyland Paris and the way that it looked in California looks a little bit more scary. Like you can see the hotel that there's like something wrong with it. Uh, but yeah, I, I both like them very much. Like I said, I'm like scared on that ride. I'm just like always scared that something is actually wrong with the ride. We'll I get don't into know that. Why, but, okay, we'll get into that. I'm going to tell you why, why it's like pretty much impossible for like anything to go wrong with that ride. So. Okay, good to know. So the, the thing that I wanted to mention that the one in Disneyland Paris opened in 2007 and the original story went on until 2019 so last year and then they changed it to the twilight zone tower of terror a new dimension of chills and it features three new storylines so um, the ride has three elevator shafts and every elevator shaft has its different story as of right now and before it was just like all one story so the three storylines that are in there now are called the malevolent machine uh, which is a little ghost haunts this elevator, but she is the least of your worries because as soon as you take your seat, this malevolent machine only has one thing in mind, to trap you in its mechanical prison and clank and screech with glee as it catapults you up and plummets you down as its wicked will. Then there's the second one called the shaft creatures. And what it is, is they know you're here. Whatever you do, don't scream. The demonic creatures have control of the elevator and they're preying on the cries of human souls. The louder your pleas for mercy, the more powerful they become. Can you stay silent while plummeting 13 unlucky floors at the speed of fright? I love how they do these uh, descriptions. And then the third one is called The Fifth Dimension. Prepare to question everything you think is real as you're dropped into a terrifying psychedelic journey between worlds. So those descriptions uh, seem really scary. I have been on the first two, I think. So the first two are the ones that um, I got to do when I was there last year. And I love them, especially the one with the little girl. I Her voice and the way that she looks, it's just so scary. And I really love that they changed the randomized drop sequences. So before you knew you know, at which part you would go up and which part you would go down. And now they completely randomize it. So every single time you go on it, it's different. So I love that. I like got goosebumps when you were reading those. Like, honestly, like the shaft creature one sounds so scary. Like, I don't know if I even want to ride that because it sounds so scary. But I'm, I know. Glad, I'm glad that it's a little bit more like it's different now. So now like when you go to each park, you're kind of getting a different experience, which is really exciting. 
Yeah, and these descriptions came straight from the Disneyland Paris website. So this is not something that somebody made up. These are, and yes, what you say, every ride right now in the world is different. And as of now, the one in Walt Disney World is the only one that remains like the classic one. So I do really hope that they would keep it that way because it's just like nostalgic and it's just really good. Yeah, so that kind of transitioned to my next thing about Tower of Terror. So I watched a video that I will link um, in the description and also in our blog post, but I watched a video all about the mechanics behind the Tower of Terror, and it was, like, really interesting. When looking at this ride, it was interesting because it was the first of its kind. It came out in the summer of 1994, the one in Florida did, and that's what this whole thing's going to be about. It's going to be about the one in Florida because the one in Florida has the original mechanics to it. There's ride system, and it also the other ones have completely changed it. When it came out in 1994, it was a complete engineering marvel. It was said that it combined the 13-story drop that you get with a dark ride, which is something that's never been done before. So this one came out in 1994, and then it was replicated in 2004 in California, and then it replicated again in 2006 in Tokyo, and then again in Paris in 2007. Um, and then in 2017, like we said earlier, they rethemed it to Guardians of the Galaxy, but it still keeps that same ride mechanism that the three that were replicated have. So the one in Florida, the tower is 60.7 meters tall, and then there's two 48 meter tall shafts in it um, with a mechanical room above them. The rear, so there's like a back that you can't see from the street, and it's 32 meters long, and that's where you get a lot of the dark ride. Um, so the guests go through the lobby. If you guys have ever been on it, I'm sure that you guys know. You guys walk through the lobby. You guys get the pre-show, the whole Twilight of Tower of Terror um, pre-show. And you go through the boiler room. You board the elevator on the second floor. And that is all within housed within the back um, of it that's not visible from the street view. So when you get on the actual ride, it looks like you're boarding the vehicle that will go up and down and kind of drop you and stuff like that. But you're not actually boarding a vehicle. You're boarding a semi-autonomous semi vehicle, which is not part of the shaft. So it's actually a vehicle that's inside of a cage, and the cage is actually what goes up and down. So they're loaded into the shaft, and then there's brakes that um, cause it to break automatically to stop it from moving when you go up and down. So you get in the car, you go into the back and then you're lifted up and there's four different darkroom areas, two inner shafts that have the show scene on the third floor and then the two outer shafts have the show scene on the fourth floor. So there's four different kind of tracks that you can go on um, so that way they can make it more efficient. And so once you get up to kind of the darkroom area, it's a quarter corridor that uses a projector screen and then a filmmaking technique called Pepper's Ghost. And it's basically just multiple projection screens, um, forced perception, making the end of a hallway smaller so it looks really long, um, and some glass windows and mirrors to kind of make it look like there's a ghost there. And then once you get through that, you're taken up to the fifth floor, and that's when the dimension scene occurs, the famous dimension scene where you're actually moving through it. So this is where it all gets really interesting with the mechanics and stuff like that of it. So there's several different um, hanging lights, there's mirrors, there's projectors, all that stuff, but there's two, there's only two tracks for the four cars. So they kind of come together like in a Y shape. Then once they hit together, they move on the same track forward, but there's only one car going at once. And so it does that by the vehicles that you're sitting in. They're called wire guided automated guided vehicles. 
So if you think about it, it's kind of like a robot on wheels that would follow a wire on the ground with sensors to make it so that way you can go. So it's exactly the same thing. Um, the wires are used to correct direction, to keep them moving. They can uh, change the speed and stuff like that, the orientation, all of that. But it's literally just a wire in the ground and the cart uses sensors. But the problem with this, since it's so old, it came out in the 90s. Um, if the power goes out, uh, something falls out of the cart and covers the wire or something like that, it automatically stops the ride. It's very sensitive and that's the number one reason why the ride goes down. It's because something has fallen up there, something has happened in the ride to where some those wires are covered and so it causes the whole ride to stop. So once that's done, you get through the dimension scene, you pull through it, you go forward. Once you pull through it, you're put in that same exact shaft type cart system, that cage with the brakes and the locking mechanism. And that's where you start dropping. So uh, there's four pre-programmed dropping sequences and they're all random. So it's a you have no idea how you're going to drop. It's four pre-programmed per shaft. So you don't know how you're going to drop per shaft either. It's completely different. But each programming sequence contains one full drop of 13 full stories. So you go from the 13th floor and you drop all the way down, basically free falling. But the two shafts, they extend the, they extend eight meters above and then a certain amount of meters below. So that way there's kind of some give just in case something does happen. And you do reach about 63 kilometers per hour when you're dropping. So when you're free falling, you're going really, really, really fast. But the whole mechanism behind the dropping shaft is identical to a normal elevator. So even though I kept using the term free falling, there's two wires on the top and two wires on the bottom that are connected to a engine that kind of spins them. And so you're never actually falling. You're just being pulled down by really tight cords. So even though they say that one of the cords can hold a fully loaded car, they have two of them just for safety purposes and stuff like that. And then in addition to safety, they also have rails that the, the shaft car goes on. So there's um, like wheels on the sides of it on in rails. So that way it's easy for them to just kind of keep in track so you're not swaying around and moving around and stuff like that. So the motor is just basically spinning, pulling them up and pulling them down. And then in the video, they mentioned that there's several safety mechanisms, including several brakes, which are always active in their default state. So this is something that's really common with um, roller coasters and dropping rides and stuff like that. When the power is off, they are in the braking mode, so they're active. And when the power goes on, then they stop braking. So this is helpful just in case the power goes out so that it doesn't stop the brakes from working it makes the brake work if the power goes out. So that's just one of the safety features that they have. They have brakes on the rails and they also have um, brakes on the engines themselves that are spinning them. And then in theory, if all of these different precautions don't work, the brakes and all that stuff, just like a normal elevator, the pressure of the elevator dropping to the bottom will cause the air to compress and cushion the fall. That's just physics i don't know and it will cause them to cushion the fall and they also have shock absorbers at the bottom so that way if it doesn't do it very well you're not just gonna fall to your death and then so once the whole entire dropping sequence is done um it pulls you forward and then you go back to the area where you um will exit and this is where the cars the automated vehicles get charged just like your wireless phone would get charged 
just sits right over it and then it charges it for however long it needs to and then it goes back and it loads the next um, group of people. This one is one of the most inefficient Tower of Terror rides that they've made. Um, since So there's four ride vehicles at each time, one in the entrance, one in the dark room area, one dropping in the shaft, and then one in the exit letting people out. And there are eight vehicles cycling, which makes it able to do 2,000 guests per hour. They can be pushed through the ride. And so that sounds like a lot, but it's not as efficient at the other ones. So this one was made, and then they waited a few years, and then they were like, hey, let's duplicate this and then make it more efficient so that we can get more people through. So the other ones don't have the whole dimension thing. So they don't have any automated vehicles at all. They're either dropping in the shaft or sitting in the shaft watching the dark ride. So uh, only thing that you're doing outside of the shaft is loading and unloading. So there's no technical loop. You get pushed and pulled into the shaft using a mechanical arm, but a lot of these ones have three shafts using six vehicles to move at once. So they can get a lot more people through in a lot less time. I was watching this video and I thought it was so interesting how all of the engineering behind it and stuff like that and how people still look at this as like an engineering marvel from the 90s because this was not something that we thought that we could do. We didn't think that it was possible to have an entire ride that's trackless, but now we have the Ratatouille ride and we have the Beauty and the Beast ride that are 100% trackless. They're using magnets. They don't even have wires on the ground. And I think that's like so wild. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the way that you talk about it, it sounds so safe and they do such a good job of making you feel like you're so unsafe, which is obviously part of the ride. Um, but like you said, it's crazy and that's like a whole other topic, but it's crazy how far like engineering and imagineering has come. But um, as a son of this, Delaney, you might, uh, you might want to be uh, looking into being an imagineer. I could see you do that. Yeah, I wish I was just a little bit better at math. I'm not good at that. <laughs> yeah so what what is your do you have like a specific time or specific specific experience uh in tower of terror that you recall um so when we went to california i really 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 wanted to go on the tower of terror there and my parents did not want to do it my mom hates the ride it terrifies her and my brothers are both very much terrified of heights and roller coasters so i don't know why they believed me but we walked up to it and i said no guys look at the screaming and the opening of the windows from the top that's all fake you're not actually going up there and being dropped. Like, this is just a dark ride. We're just going to get in a car. They're going to drive us around. We might go over some bumps. Like, it's not scary at all. We're like, yeah, okay, let's do it. So we waited in line. We got on the ride. And then when we got on the ride and we were buckling our seat and we started going up, they were like, what do you mean? Why are we going up? Why are we not going on a track? And I was like, I tricked you guys. This is actually, you're going to feel like you're free falling for 13 stories. So enjoy this. And I have pictures of them and they are terrified, like completely terrified. And my little brother has still never gone on Tower of Terror since, even in Florida, anywhere. He refused this because he was so scared. That's really funny. The thing that I really love um, is that the cast members they do such a good job with staying in their role. Like they are so creepy. They are like, enjoy your last minutes or whatever they say to you. And it's like, they just scare the crap out of you. That's what seems, I love so much. It seems so anti-Disney too. Like you think Disney is like, everything's going to be yes. smiling and happy and it's not. 
Yes, it's just so different from any other Disney ride. That's why I love it so much. So yes, one of my favorites. How would you rank it in your favorites? Oh, I think, well, if we're talking about thrill rides, I think it's probably number two out of all my favorite thrill rides. Yeah, I don't know where exactly it would be, but definitely in my top five, maybe even top three. So enough about the Tower of Terror. Let's roll into our other spooky segment of this episode. And Delaney and I would both like to tell you a little story, kind of a little spooky story. And mine is about the ghost of Waltz, which they say is uh, lingering in Disneyland Park. So in case you didn't know, there is an uh, apartment above the firehouse on Main Street in Disneyland in California. And during the construction of the park, which began on July 16, 1954, with opening day following just a year later on July 17, 1955, while Disney wanted to stay on property and have a place there that was convenient for those late nights and early mornings as he oversaw his Disney dream coming to life. So he has an apartment and as a tribute to Walt, a light was always left on in the apartment's front window. But according to the legend, this wasn't always the case. One day, a cast member looking after the apartment tried to turn the light off before leaving. However, when she came back later, the light had turned on again. She left the building, noticed that the light was on upstairs, went back up to turn it off, went back downstairs, noticed it was on again, and even unplugged the lamp only to find out You guessed it. When she came downstairs, she saw that the light was on again. So the last time she went up there to deal with the light, it said that she heard a voice say, I'm still here. And the legend says that that's Walt's voice. So as of that day, the light in the window has reportedly been left on. So that was my story about the ghost of Walt's. Yeah, that's so interesting because I have a picture from when I went to California of me uh, standing in front of the firehouse and you because I knew that there was a um, apartment up there and I knew that they kept the light on but I never really knew why like I thought it was because like they always wanted to keep his memory in there and stuff like that but wow that story is like it gave me chills like ooh, spooky right I mean I could see him like if he were to haunt his parks he'd probably be there so I mean it would make sense yeah that does make a lot of sense and I wouldn't mind Walt haunting me if anybody could haunt me in his dad it'd be Walt that's 100% true I want Walt Disney to haunt me we, we called on him no, yeah I'm just kidding 100% yes we're gonna do a Ouija board and we're gonna call on him <laughs> So my story, um, mine's not really a story, so I've decided to do a little bit of digging deep into the original kind of like Grimm, Brothers Grimm-esque stories that some of the Disney fairy tales come from. So starting out, I figured it would be only fitting to start with Snow White since she is the original princess. Snow White used to be a Brothers Grimm story, so I'm guessing you can still probably read it somewhere. The entire story is basically the same. An evil queen fails twice to try to kill Snow White because she's not the prettiest in the entire land. She wants to make sure that nobody's going to steal her prince or steal her king or anything like that. So she finally tried the poison apple after trying two different times. We all know that the poison apple worked and that it put her into deep sleep. 
Um, and then the prince comes, finds her, kisses her. All of that stuff happens. Snow is still married to the prince. His kiss works. All of that happens. However, one thing that is not mentioned in the fairy tale, probably for good reason, that is in the Brothers Grimm story, is that at the wedding, so they invite the evil queen to the wedding, and they make her dance around in iron-hot shoes that burn her feet at the wedding until she finally dies on the dance floor. So it's a lot darker than the Snow White that we all know. A little scary. Um, a little bit more filled with death. But I think it's interesting how they kind of took the old Brothers Grimm story and kind of flipped it into like a cute, pretty fairy tale with a happy ending. That is dark. Could you imagine like, okay, even if somebody would try to kill you, like torturing someone like that until they die. Oh, I don't want that. Give me the chills. I don't want that at all. That's crazy. Yeah, good thing that Walt and uh, the Disney company uh, changed that story a little bit because I do not see that fitting into the into the movie. So uh, we hope that you can still sleep tonight with all these chills of these stories. No, we're just kidding. But we really do hope that you enjoyed our third episode with us. We are excited to record more episodes this month, especially with the Halloween team. Let us know what you think about the Halloween team and if you have any suggestions what we should talk about. Contact us on email at exchangingthemagic at gmail.com. You can look at our website, which is exchangingthemagic.com, where we will post a blog with everything that we talked about in this episode, including some pictures and maybe videos and links to news websites and to, um, I think, the video that you just talked about with the ride system, Delaney, that will probably go in there. Yep, I'm going to put that up there. And you can uh, follow us on Instagram at exchangingthemagic. So we hope that you enjoyed this episode and that we will see you in the next one. Bye, guys. Bye.